And Satan's job is to try to get us to get out of the race for whatever reason um, that he can. But the scripture says, forgetting those things that are behind. And as I told you on last week, we're just going to have to drop some things and let it go. Just drop it, drop it, drop it, and let it go. Because Satan's job to keep something going on in your life all the time, keep some kind of a uh, strife, some kind of a sibling rivalry going on, some kind of issues on your job, issues in your home, issues in your neighborhood, issues within yourself, that's his job. But, I, you know, the Lord was just saying, just, just drop it when these issues come up and Satan tries to rear his ugly head. Don't hold on to it. Don't hold on to a grudge. Don't hold on to somebody hurt your feelings. And It's ridiculous. Just drop it and let it go. Yeah. Because the Lord has something great that he wants to do for you, but yeah. as long as you're distracted and you're, not hold, and you're not letting go of these things and you're walking in unforgiveness and you're walking in strife and, you know, every time you see this person, you roll your eyes and turn your head and do all this stupid stuff, we need to just drop it and let it go because right. we want the blessings and we want all that God has for us. Amen. And as I said for years, God will not bless your mess. So um, we want to drop the mess. Just drop it. Let it go. Let it go. It's not worth you not receiving what God has for you. You know, and I just think just the situations that you're going through, the things that Satan is trying to present to you, is it worth you not receiving what God has for you? Is it worth you losing, you know, soundness of mind? Is it worth you losing the protection that God has over your life because of some, some silly something? You know, that Satan tries to, to uh, amplify, make it larger than it is, keep it always going before you, throwing it at you, you know, you see, these are the things that we need to forget. Forgetting the things that have, that's behind us, past failures, bad relationships, things that's gone bad, and, and you're holding on to them, well, they hurt my feelings 15 years ago, and I'm not talking to, you know, <laughs> drop it, drop it, drop it, and let it go, let it go, because, you know, what God wants to give to you, he cannot give to you if you're holding on to these things, and say, you know, he's not, he's really not enticing you to go out and rob a bank, or, or you know, do something that's really going to cause you to get, you know, blown away or whatever. These are the things he's not enticing you to do. But if he can keep you in strife, if he can keep you in unforgiveness, if he can keep you mad at somebody, if he keeps something going, yes. you know, you'll be to the place where you'll be praying, but you're not walking in love. So your faith works by love. Yes. So then your prayer's not being answered. And you're mad at God because you're praying and your prayer's not being answered. And it's all because you just won't drop some things and let them go. We need to stay in the race. Yes. And when these distractions come, say, no, I'm dropping you. I'm forgetting all of these things. I am going on, I am going to continue to, to win as the Lord wants us to win. Um, 1 Corinthians 9, 24 says, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run so that you may obtain it. I talked about that on last week. You know, we all want to, we need to run this race. But if you're in the race, you might as well be in the race to win it. You know, it, not, why be in it if you're not going to win it? You know, and, and I say for, for years, and I've said this, the game's not over until I win. So whatever battle I'm fighting, it's not over until I win. Right. Then when I win, I'm taking my marbles and I'm going home. So it's not over. I don't care how, whatever Satan's trying to throw at you, whatever, it's not over until you win. That's it's right. not over until you win. Yes. God says, all, when he says all is well in this situation, then it's done. Until he says all is well, you stay in the race. Right. Stay in the race. Don't give up. Hallelujah. Galatians 5 and 7 said, ye did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? We don't want anybody hindering us. In this race, drop it, 
let it go. Keep moving forward. That's what Disney's one of his, his saying. Just keep moving forward. No matter what's going on, keep on going. Through failures, you just keep moving forward. You try to do things that's not working, just keep moving forward. What is he saying? Stay in the race. Stay in the race. Stay in the race. Stay in the race. Philippians 2 and 16 says, Holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I may not run in vain, labor, neither labor in vain. We want to stay in the race. Holding forth the word of life. We're going to keep it going. We are not going to give up. We must, must, must. We must stay in the race. Philippians 3 and 14 says, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So that's, gonna, that's letting me know that it's just not going to fall on me like ripe apples off a tree. We're going to have to press. We, we're going to have to labor to enter into that rest. We're going to have to get up in the morning and get on our knees and begin to pray. We're going to have to, at, you know, at lunchtime, steal away from everybody and all the guys. Lord, just, just get to the Lord and just begin to have some prayer, some time, some quiet time. And we're pressing towards, pressing towards, pressing towards that mark. For the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, stay in the race, stay in the race. Stay in the race. So many people you hear, and, and I, I've talked to um, a few pastors' wives, and, and they're just talking to me about what's going on in their church and, and the people doing stupid things and dropping out the drop of the hat and just acting all crazy. I said, you know what? You're going to have to stay in the race. No matter what it looks like. The scripture even said, you know, at the end time, it's going to be a great fall in the way of the church. I mean, it's, you know, it's nothing new. This is what the scripture says is going to happen. But I'm telling you, don't you be the part that falls away. You be the one that stay in the race. Because when you endure to the end, hallelujah, you will receive the prize. Thank you, Lord. Hebrews 12, and one pastor talked, to us, talked about this to us. Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about, about so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside, lay aside every weight and sin which thus easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race, that is set before us. And the other part says, looking unto Jesus. Yes. I told you last week, that's my favorite part. That's looking right. unto Jesus, the author and the finisher, the author and the developer, the beginning and the end of our faith. No matter what it is, look unto Jesus. No matter what they say, look unto Jesus. No matter how you feel, look unto Jesus. He is the author, the finisher. He's a developer. He's right there with you. He's not going to let you go. He's there for you, with you, behind you, pushing you on. He is the developer of our faith. Say, so look, just stay in the race. No matter what it looks like, stay in the race. Paul said in 2 Timothy 4, 7 and 8, says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all of them also that love his appearing. Yeah. Fighting a good fight of faith. Fighting a good fight of faith. One of your course, staying in the race. No matter what it looks like, no matter what they're saying, no matter what you're hearing, stay in the race. It is Satan's job to see to it that you hear bad news, that you see bad news, that you feel the pain in your body. And they say, well, they keep talking about the stripes that Jesus bore and I'm healed. And every time I walk, I'm in pain. Every time I do this, it's hurting. And they said this and the, and the, the film showed that. That is facts. But the truth of the matter is what we stand on. Yes. By the stripes. Yes. 
that Jesus wore, we're already healed. He said, I'll make you the head and not the tail. You would be above only and not be beneath. When these things come up, that's the time to press in with the word of God. Say, oh no, I'm not moved, and I've said I'm not moved by what I feel. I mean, if I'm moved by what I feel, I'd probably be home and be able to cover this over my head. If I was moved by how I felt, you know, I can't be moved by how I feel. I said, I don't, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care. I know what the word of God says. Yes. You have to get to the point where you say, I, I know what I'm feeling. Yes. I've been down this road a couple of times. I know what I'm feeling, but I know what the word of God says. Yes. Until you can get it down in your knowing, and you believe God and believe his word, what he says is true. Yes. His word is forever, yes. forever settled in heaven. So what he says is true. So my job is to get you to the point that you will listen to the word, that you will understand the word, that you will get it deep down in your heart until you get a revelation of it. And it comes alive in you. And you say, you know, that's right. I am healed. That's right. I am the righteousness of God. That's right. I am ahead. I'm prosperous. I'm blessed. The Lord sees me and he winks because I'm the apple of his eye. And I say it all the time. I am the apple of his eye. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it feels like. I don't care what it sounds like. I have to stay in the race. You have to do the same thing. Don't let it be said you ran well, but who hindered you? You ran well, you were going, going, going fine. The Galatians were running, they were going, they were doing well. They were, you know, praying and prophesying and everything was happening wonderful in the Galatian church. And then somebody came in with some false teaching and they fell away from the Lord yeah. and start following on the other teaching. Yeah. Paul said, what happened? You ran well. You started off that major dash and you were running and you, you were running and running and running and running. Who hindered you? Why did you stop listening to the word of God and start listening to the lies of the devil? Our job is to listen to the truth. We don't want to be distracted by somebody else. We don't be distract, distracted by their words, distracted by their actions, distracted by the things they're doing. Looking unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus, hallelujah, who is the author and the developer of our faith. And we thank the Lord, hallelujah, that no matter what, you're not gonna let somebody pull you away from what you know is right. Don't let anyone pull you away from the word of God. Sure situations come up into our life. The Lord said, many are the afflictions. We're going to have testings. We're going to have trials. But he also said, but God shall deliver you out of them all. No matter what it is, he said, I'm, I'm going to bring you out. No matter what it is, I'm going to bring you out. So don't let bitterness and unforgiveness take you out of the race. Don't, you know, we have to drop the past hurts, the, the rejections and the re betrayal, you know, the loss of a relationship, the loss of a loved one, all those things, bad blood in the family, all those things, we drop it, drop it, drop it. Why? Because you want to stay in the race. And I want to just talk to you about one young man who stayed in the race. Now, after we run through what he went through, now, if you tell me that um, you, you have some things happening in your life and, well, it's just so bad, I just got to get out of the race. I want you to listen to what, fell, what happened to this guy. And he still stayed in the race. So go with me to Genesis 37. And I'm going to talk to you about Joseph. <clears throat> Genesis 37. I did all the introduction just to get you right here to, to this, this part. Um... 37 1 said, And Jacob dwelt in the land wherein his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. And there, and the, these are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years, I want you to remember that, yes. 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brethren, and, and the lad was with the sons of Bilhah, 
and with the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives, and Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. Now, um, Jacob had 12 sons. Yes. Two he loved more than the others. Yes. One he loved more than all of them. Yes. Um, because Benj uh, Benjamin, Joseph and Benjamin was the, the um, children of his old age. So he was up in age when he finally, finally, finally had these two boys. Yeah. The other wives had heads, concubines and all that. They were having children for him, having children for him. But these two brothers, yeah. Joseph and Jacob were the last two that came down, a tra down the trail. And the father, Joseph, I'm sorry. So the father loved Joseph more than any of the brothers. And the thing is, he didn't hide how he felt about his son. They all knew, all of them, all of them knew how the father just loved Joseph so much. Yeah. And loved the boy so much that he gave him a coat of many colors. Yes. And, you know, knowing some siblings, you know, dad loves me better than he loves you. You know, look what I have, you don't have. Well, anyway, the brothers hated him so much. The scripture said they couldn't even talk civil to him. They just hated, they just hated him just that much. So, you know, there, there, is, there is, is some sibling rivalry. I, but I don't think any of you um, have hated your brother and sister that much that you plotted to kill them. And if you did, you need to come up here to the altar. But that's what happened to, to Joseph. They hated him so much, they plotted to kill him. And the reason why um, Joseph, he um, lived, well, all of them were wealthy. All, all of the sons were wealthy because the fathers were wealthy down from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So they just passed the wealth on down. So we know this, man, this young man was wealthy. Then he had this famous, this, this coat that everybody wanted, but father only made it for him. So then, then Joseph had the nerve to have a dream. And, and then he told his brothers about the dream. And the dreams had the brothers bowing down to Joseph. Didn't make them very happy. They already hated his guts. And then for him to say, you know what? I, the Lord showed me in the dream that you, you all had to bow down to me. Didn't make him happy. He had another dream. This time, the, in the dream, it says the stars and the, the sun and the, and the moon and the 11 stars bowed down to, to Joseph. So the father heard this dream and he got upset with his son. So, what, you trying to tell me that me and your mother now are gonna have to bow down to you? Me, your mother, and your 11 brothers? So the father rebuked this, rebuked Joseph, because he said, I'm not, you know, basically, I'm not going to be bowing down to you. Right. You're my child. Right. You think I'm going to be bowing down to you? You know, Joseph said, look, I'm just telling you. I mean, he was happy. I, I, you know, I, 17 years old, happy little tree, you know. So he gets these dreams, and he just wants to tell the world. This is what the Lord showed me. Not thinking, not, not even thinking what, what's going on in my brother's minds, because, you know, they really don't like me. I mean, these are all the, the concubines' children. And they knew, but no matter what, Joseph was going to get the bulk of everything, even though he was next to the last being born, that Joseph was going to get the bulk because the father loved him just that much. Yes. So all this is piling on onto, onto, onto Joseph and, 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 his, and his, uh, his dreams. So in verse 18 of Genesis 37, the brothers conspired to slay him. And what they did, they stripped off his coat, stripped off his clothes, and left him in his underwear, or whatever, loincloth, whatever they wore. So they wanted to kill him. And, and Reuben said, no, don't kill the boy. So they said, okay, we're gonna put him in a pit. So then Reuben said, what are we gonna tell dad? You know how dad feels about him. But see, Joseph's standing, he stayed, he stayed in the race. Now here he is, he's in the pit, in his loincloth, 
brothers up there probably jeering out and said, okay, now dreamer, what are you thinking? What you gonna do now? See if your dream gonna help you now that you're in the pit. Y'all haven't had that happen to you. You just haven't had that happen to you. But Joseph, he knew what the Lord said. He knew what the Lord said. Okay. So they finally pulled the boy out to pit. They said, well, we're not going to kill you. We're going to sell you. So within, I, 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 I give him within a week's time, Joseph went from living in the lap of luxury. Wealthy. They were a wealthy family. Everybody knew them. They were the ones. You know, they like the Rockefellers of the area. So within a week's time, he went from being a Rockefeller to being a slave. Because they sold him into slavery in Egypt. Now, picture this. Joseph, a week earlier, walking around in his royal robe. I'm the man. And now he's standing. Now his brothers took his clothes and left him in his loincloth. When they sell slaves, they strip everything off him. So they put his loincloth beside him, and he's standing before the world naked. But he knew what the Lord said. And let me tell let me, I want you to read what the Lord said about, about this situation. Um, let me find out what it was. We're still here. Brothers inspired. Genesis 39, 1 and 2. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down hither. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man. Now you hear that statement. Here Joseph is, stripped naked, standing in front of all these people. And what did God say about him? God called him a prosperous man. And you know, I would, I would have to have, I would have to talk to the Lord about that. Lord, how you calling me prosperous? I'm stripped here. Everybody look at me, because slaves were treated as cattle. I mean, as, I mean they're checking his teeth and seeing he's okay, and God only knows whatever they did, just to check that this is a healthy young man so he could buy him. And God said he was a prosperous man. Now, in our society, we would say that Potiphar was the prosperous man. He probably walked around in his royal robe, his royal guard, because he worked for the king at the Pharaoh's palace. You know, so he, he probably dressed rather nicely. Joseph's standing here stripped naked. And God looks at both of those men and says, Joseph was the prosperous one. Say, He's the prosperous man. God doesn't look at you the way you are. See, Satan looks at you in all, in all of your, your, your situations and your troubles and, 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 and your... Um, your idioms, your ideas, all the things that's going through in your life. And you may see yourself as, well, I'm not all that, you know. I didn't make this mistake. I, I, I did fail in this area. And, well, you know, I'm not all that. But the Lord says, no, you're prosperous. Yes. You're blessed. Yes. No matter what you're going through, God sees you yeah. as he's decreed over your life that you're going to be. You're already blessed. You're the royal priesthood. He yes. says, you are the righteousness of God. You are blessed to be a blessing. So when God sees you in all that you're going through, he doesn't call, you know, that's the dumbest child ever seen. God doesn't say that. She's prosperous. The Lord said, I am with him. He says, I am with you. Yes. He's with us through yes. all that we're going through. All that Joseph, now Joseph knew he was prosperous a week ago. But now, nobody's going to believe me that I don't belong here. I, I'm a Hebrew. I don't belong here. I'm not a slave. I'm really, I'm wealthy. Boy, yeah. shut up. You ain't wealthy. 
all you have was his underwear. You, there's nothing about you that says wealth. But God sees us the way he wants us to be. And he calls us that. He could have called Joseph, yeah, you're a slave. Now, if, Joe, if God told Joseph, Joseph, you're a slave, he's gonna say he would have stayed slave. God said, no. He's prosperous, and I am with him. So no matter what it is that you're going through, God is with you. Even though he was sold as a slave, in one week's time, from luxury to poverty, but he still stayed in the race. He knew what God had said over his life, even though he was just sold. He knew what God said about him. Then he goes and lives in Potiphar's house, and then Potiphar watches him and sees there is something about you. He says, God is with you. So Potiphar elevates him in the house and gives him control over everything. Because the Lord, wherever you are, he's going to lift you up. He will elevate you. He will have his favor and let his favor rest upon you. No matter what everybody thinks about you. Or they say, look, man, you you came here as a slave. I don't have to listen to you. But when God elevates you, when he elevates you on your job, when you got this promotion that you didn't quite qualify for, but God gave it to you anyway, and others, you know, hating on you because you're being blessed, you ought to be blessed. You ought to be the best person in that job, the blessed, blessed, blessed person on that job. Why? Because the favor of God's on your life. And you will begin to see the things happening on your life and elevation comes because, hey, I am the righteousness of God. And so Joseph was elevated. And then he he said, well, okay, well, I'm not slave anymore. I mean, mean, I'm a slave, but I'm not sold to the block. I'm -hmm. I'm living okay. I don't have to, you know, it's not that bad. And then Potiphar gave him control of everything, everything, everything. And Joseph was doing it and and Potiphar was prospering. Potiphar had a fresh wife. And she set her sights on Joseph. It's a piece of trash. She set her sights on Joseph, and the scripture says, day after day after day, this yeah. woman hounded him yes, because she, she wanted him to lie with her. Day after day, she's pulling on this man. You know, you know even on your job, you may have some little things going on, and uh, you, 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 you're going to have to do like Joseph and run away. Don't stay there. Oh, yeah, you're laughing and joking. And, 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 mm-mm. Resist the devil. That's right. Resist the devil. Day after day, day after day, she hounded this man, hounded this man. And he he got to the place where he wouldn't be in her presence alone. Wouldn't be in the presence alone. And one day, he came into the house because he had to go and use the little little potty. (laughs) And on his way, she grabbed a hold of him. Lie with me, lie with me. No, he says, I will not do this to my God. He said, I, I don't care about you. I don't even care about Potiphar. That's right. But I wouldn't do this to my God. That's right. That's right. And he hit the road running. Mm-hmm. Left his coat there, and what happened from there? Now, mind you, he's staying in the race. He's, I mean, integrity. You may be doing the right thing everywhere, or everything you're doing, and things still happen. Yeah. Still things don't go the way you want them to go. And you, and you, are you going to stay in the race or are you going to give up? Just because, well, I, they, they said this about me. They said that. Stay in the race. Stay in the race. Don't be moved. And here, this woman, after him, he refused to lay with her, and then she lies on him and tells her husband, you see his clothes? He left me, and he only ran away when he heard somebody coming. And where does he end up? In jail. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> locked up and down in, in, in the king's prison. But he still stayed in there. He said, I don't care. I know. He said, I know what the Lord showed me. Right. I know what the Lord showed me. And you have to get to the place where you know what the Lord told you right. about a situation in your life. You know what he said. You know what his word says. Get in his word. If you don't have a word from the Lord, get in his word and get one. Something that will, you can hold on to when hard times come. Right. When situations hit. He knew what the Lord had already told him. He had the promises from God. And he said, I'm staying in the race. In the jail. The, the jailer recognized that the favor of God was upon his life and gave Joseph high privileges in the jail. He ran the jail. So the butler and the baker from Pharaoh's house were put in jail. Joseph was over them, but Joseph served them. He took care of them boys. Now, now they're all servants, but Joseph served them. And one day, they, he, you know, he came in to check on the boys and bring them some goods and whatever. And they had this sad face. He said, what's the matter? Yeah. Why are you sad? Which tells me that Joseph worked with these fellas. I mean, probably was a jokester. Probably had them all happen, you know, even though, oh, no, look, look, we in jail. We don't have to live like, you know, be sad sacks. That's so he right. came in this day and they were sad. He said, what's the matter with you? Haven't I served you enough to keep you happy while you're in here? Right. And then they told him about his dreams. The butler dreamed, you know, he, he saw these vine grapes and three, um, it was three cups, or three something, I forgot what it was, anyway, it was, it was three things in his, in his dream, and this cup with the grapes, so. In the dream, he squeezed the grapes, made a wine, gave it to the king. So Joseph said, oh, I know what that is. So in three days, you're going to be delivered, and you will be restored, that you right. will be serving the king. Yeah. So, just like he said, three days, the guy was out. So the second one, the baker had a dream. His dream didn't go that well. He said, three days, let me see if I, I don't know if I wrote it down. Um, uh, what happened in the baker's dream, when Joseph interpreted the dream, he told, well, in three days, you're going to be home. Yeah. So, so you're going to be out of here. So that didn't make the baker feel pretty you know, good at all because he saw, he knew what Joseph told the butler and the butler was restored. So he knew he was toast. He knew in three days, I'm going to be out of here because he said, I'm going to be hung. And sure enough, just like he said, it happened. So Joseph, when he was talking to the butler, he said, you know what? I want you to remember something. Remember me to the king when you get out. Tell him that I, you know, interpret your dream and tell him, you know, remember me. Tell him I'm a Hebrew I don't belong here. That's right. Get me out of here. Yeah. Butler got free, was up there serving, serving Pharaoh. Ain't thought nothing about Joseph. Two more years. Two more years he in jail. It's nothing. From 17 years old, he stayed in the race. 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 And finally, let me see where it is. Genesis 41 and 46. I want you to read that one. And Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went throughout all the land. So from 17 years old until 30, he had a 13-year span 
where he had to stay in a race against all odds, against everything going against him. So, you know, when you, some, you, when you get a word from the Lord and you say, well, the Lord told me this and, you know, I know it's going to happen and, and 10, 15, 20 years later, it hasn't happened yet. Are you still going to stay in the race? Joseph stayed in the race even though he didn't see it until he was 30. From 17, when he saw it, when the Lord gave him the dream, until he was 30 when it began to be revealed that all the people now had to start bowing down to him because he was saving the kingdom from the dreams that he interpreted of the king. The king said, you handle all that. I'm giving this all to you. So if Joseph can stay in the race after going through all of that, what what, what is this somebody talks about me? And, And I'm not coming back because somebody talked about me? Somebody said something that hurt my feelings? That is, that is, you're right, that is lame. When all that Joseph went through from age 17 to 30, and he still stayed in the race, he didn't give up. He didn't stop, even in, when, he was, when the brothers were going to kill him, even to the point when, he, when his brothers finally, finally stood before him, and they didn't know it was him, and they had to bow down to him just like he said, the Lord said. I mean, you're going to have some haters hating on you when the Lord starts dropping in manifestation in your life and the things that you've been standing for and believing God for, and you start to see it coming to reality. You're going to have some haters in your life. That's right. But that's okay. That's you right. stayed in the race. You yes. finished your course. It is okay. Yes. Let them hate on, but you keep that's on right. being blessed. Yes. You keep on standing in the race. You keep on going on through all the situations that come that's up right. in your life. And they're going to come up. Listen, yes. don't think you're not going to have troubles because you when you ask the Lord to come into your heart, in your heart, be your savior, be your savior, that it's going to be just floating on flowery beds of ease. It's not going to happen that way. But now you got some help. That's right. You're not in it alone. That's he said, right. I got you back. And no matter what, I'm going to bring it. I'm going to turn it around for your good. Yes. No matter what Satan tries to do to you in all the situations, you're going to be more than a conqueror. That's not right. just a conqueror. You're going to be more than a conqueror. You don't have to get right. bludgeoned and beat up like a champion in the fight. You're going to be more than a conqueror like the wife who gets the purse when she didn't take one lick. She got all the money. Right. More than a conqueror. That's I want to be right. more than a conqueror. Right. Jesus took the licks for me. He took the licks for you. Yes. So let him take what he said he's going to do. Let him do and you stand to be more than a conqueror. That's right. Say, so stay right. in the race. Yeah. No matter what it looks like. And when they had to bow down to his robe, and he said, there's the, there's the thing. He did not gloat. He didn't throw it over him. Nope. But he finally got to the day where he could reveal to his brothers, it was me. Now, none of the brothers almost had many heart attacks yeah. when they saw Joseph as the one who they had to bow down to. Joseph, the one that's controlled their life because he's got the grain and everything they need to live. That's right. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that dream came back to all of them. Oh, yes. As they said, now dream, a th- dream another dream. That's right. Well, the dreamer had dreamed a few more dreams and the Lord brought him out. The yes, Lord right. blessed him and yes. they had to bow down to him. Yes, yes. But what did he do? He blessed them all. So yes, y'all, Y'all come on, live with me now. That's right. Got it all taken. Bring all, bring all the clan. Everybody, we give you your own land. No, but they had to bow. Yes. But he stayed in the race. Yes, he did. Through all that he went through. Wow. None of us has to face anything like he went through. No. Not one of us. And if you, no. we haven't had to. No. We can stay in the race. Yes. It's we can word. stay in the race. Through it all, no matter what it is. Yes. Stay in the race. Stay in the race. 
well done. He said, yes. I, I'm not going to let anybody distract me. I'm not going to, I'm, I'm going to let go all of the things in the past. I'm going to drop it and let it go. I'm not holding on to any of the stupid things. I'm dropping it, letting it go. Watch this. I'm going to finish my race. Finish the race. Stay in the race. Finish the course. And let the Lord just bless you. Back in, in, in Genesis 45 is when the, when the brothers had a chance to really see, see um, Joseph. See who he was. Fear struck them. He said, hey, whoa, whoa. It's all right, brothers. It's all right. You meant to kill me, and you didn't, so I guess I should be thankful. But the Lord had it said, so that for this day, I was here to save your life. Thank you for listening to today's message. Visit www.rwolfc.com for articles, blog posts, message references, and our monthly calendar of events. 